and it was the I remember this. I remember sitting in his in his in his room in a sleepover, and uh, he had his Commodore. And we were playing with it, of course, you know, for you know all night. And it was so because it was the waterbed where it was literally just a giant sack of water. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 8-Bit Bookmobile with your hosts, Carl Donowski, Chris Moyer, and me, I'm John Cook. Welcome to the first episode of the 8-Bit Bookmobile. This is the podcast where we read through an old programming book and we argue about it the whole time. So this is definitely a podcast about retro computing. So if you like old computers, then maybe this is a podcast for you. But we're not focused on gaming or even collecting these old machines. Uh, we're more interested in programming them. Uh, so the way that we're going to try to go about that is to pick out a book for each quote-unquote season of this podcast. And then in each episode, we'll talk about what we read, uh, the concepts that were covered, and whether or not we thought the book did a good job explaining those concepts. All right, that's a little spiel. Let's go around the horn and introduce everybody. So I'm John Cook, as I said in the intro. Uh, we also have Carl Donowski from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hello, Carl. Hi, I'm Carl Donowski from Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is great because um, my whole uh, my whole career and existence and ability to make any money is based on the fact <laughs> that I really enjoyed computers at a young age. And they became second nature to me. And I feel like I was born in just the right time mm. when no one knew anything about any of this shit <laughs> um, in the you know public domain. Right, right. I right. Mean, they were, of course, you know, engineers that were 50 years old designing this shit. Mm. But, you know, the, we were children at this time. We were 9, 10 years old. And I got into it pretty early, you know, around 9, 10 years old, uh, thanks to my mm. grandma who bought me a Commodore 64. Wow. Um, or I'm sorry. She bought me a Commodore VIC-20 first. And, um, yeah. So, here I am. Nice. And also, uh, we have with us the illustrious Chris Moyer, also from Cincinnati, Ohio. By the way, we're all just three dudes from Cincinnati, Ohio. From Cincinnati. Yeah. Anyway, Chris Moyer. Hello, sir. Yeah. Hi. I'm Chris and uh, I'm here to talk to you guys about programming Commodore 64s. No, I won't actually <laughs> be doing a lot of programming of Commodore 64s because while I, I, I am a, a, a programming enthusiast, a technology enthusiast, um, I just honestly, and, and I, I, I definitely want to talk to you guys about this stuff and kind of figure it out, uh, but I prefer to do it while keeping as far away from an actual or emulated <laughs> Commodore 64 as possible. I think it's it's more of like a, an intellectual interest mm. and not something um, that my six-month-old baby will let me right. spend any time Right, right. Yeah, you have a new edition that you probably should focus on, but we still roped Chris into yeah. chatting with us every yeah. week here. Yeah. Which is great. So, yeah, I uh, we actually did have a VIC-20 growing up. Um, yeah, your dad had like a lot of computers, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so I really didn't get... To get really into it until you know we're talking PCs and Macs, yeah. um, but but I do have some exposure to some early uh, computers, TRS 80s, VIC 20, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So nice. So the first book that we've chosen is one that's pretty iconic. Uh, 
hopefully we're not the last people listening to this podcast who've ever read it. Uh, but I know it has uh, been responsible for kicking off a lot of careers. Uh, it's the Commodore 64 Programmer's Reference Guide, um, which is 370 pages, I'm sure, of technical genius that will be imparted into our brains. So I did a little bit of research on this book uh, when we first picked it. This is always one I personally always wanted to read. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So did you ever have this book? I never had. Kind of growing up? Uh, not growing up, no. We had, uh, I had a Commodore VIC-20 and then later a Commodore 128. Uh, I would have been way too cheap to have bought this book um, for 1995 at my <laughs> local Walden Books. Um, but uh, I definitely uh, knew some guys in our users group who had this book for sure uh, and actually knew what they were doing with their computer. So, so you were exposed to this book, and it's like the the, the cover of it is familiar to definitely, you. definitely, and the, and the big schematic yeah. in the back in the back, I think, is uh, <laughs> something that I've just always known existed. And now, now I had this book. Oh, you did? Um, oh, Carl? Yeah, wow. yeah, I wow. had this book, and respect. You know, I did some of the example programs mm-hmm. and basic from it, but I, at, you know, at, at at that age, I was befuddled by most most of it it right. makes more sense to me now right at 45 mm-hmm. right <laughs> i had a like some programming book for my vic 20 uh that was typing in like i don't know bible verse games or some crap like that um but yeah nothing nothing of this level i don't this would have intimidated me with a big binder i think uh at that age but yeah i was researching this yeah. book uh it came out in um 1982 came out towards the end of the year. So the Commodore 64 came out uh, in the middle of the year, around August of 82. So th- this was pretty awesome that you know this reference was available you know in the same year the the computer came out. Um, I also was looking around to see what 1982 was like. Uh, you know what happened that year? Was that an important year? What was going on in our lives? What was going on in the world? So that was the year that Ma Bell was ordered to break up. Um, you know, break up the monopoly. Uh, Thriller came out in November of that year. Um, Eye of the Tiger was topping the charts. Uh, that's when uh, they busted John DeLorean <laughs> for selling some coke to some FBI agents that year. Yeah. It was an awesome year for movies. Holy shit. Uh, by the way, I should point out this is not a G-rated podcast. So, uh, you know, not that we're going to go out of our ways to be lewd or anything, <laughs> but we fucking curse, okay? Um, anyway, <laughs> awesome year for movies. Uh, in March, Porky's. In May, you had Conan the Barbarian, Mad Max 2, Rocky 3. Oh, my gosh. Right? So good. In June, Poltergeist, so Star Trek 2, E.T., oh Blade Runner. I mean, that's a sci-fi oh overload. <laughs> yeah, but July. July gets even better. I mean, not even arguably, but definitely the best movie ever made, which is Tron. Um... <laughs> The, the best little whorehouse in Texas, you know, maybe that's Carl's favorite. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. The World According wow. to Garp. <laughs> Holy shit. The World According yeah. to Garp, uh, an officer and a gentleman, and Night Shift. Um, yep. yeah, I'm sure you guys are Fonzie fans. Oh, yeah. Also, August it was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So just yeah. to sort of round out the whole summer there. Yeah. So anyway, 1982. What were you guys doing in 1982 besides watching an amazing lineup of movies? Well, I, I got to tell you, I was five years old at the start of 1982, <laughs> and I turned six <laughs> during during 1982. So I can assure you, I, I, 
Other than E.T., I, I may have seen E.T. So you but, weren't but, reading but through the, rest the of this... Commodore 64 programmer's reference guide, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. If I was lucky, I was, you know, we, we, I was putting a GORP, GORF <laughs> cartridge in the back of a VIC-20, you know, to... Uh, yeah, those wide things. Shoot, yeah. shoot some things, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's me. Carl, what but, the fuck uh, are you up to? Damn, I'm thinking about this, guys. And um, you probably were what ten, nine or ten, something like that. Yeah, I'm telling you, I didn't have a computer mm-hmm. um, because you're a little bit older than me, John. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, so I had the Vic Twenty probably in fifth grade. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's about the time I got mine, probably fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been definitely Which, after this. Yeah. Yeah, it would have yep. been after that because yeah, because um, I think what had it happened was um, you know the Vic Twenty was still very very affordable. And yeah. it was selling at Kmart, and yep. I got it probably the fifth grade, and you know I, I remember using it to write uh, book reports, um, and using the printer, and freaking out the teacher with this computer printout, you know, right. when everyone else was writing. Yep. I mean, literally, it was maybe, it was, I think it was my friend Earl. Um, who had a Commodore 64 at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was jealous of it. But Rich, Rich Earl. Yeah. Um, well, if I remember correctly, Earl, Earl's parents were divorced. And, you know, he lived with his mom and he had more money. Oh, uh, for, that, was a, that was a guilt present from dad <laughs> is what you're saying? Right. <laughs> right. And uh, he also had a giant waterbed. <laughs> and it was the I remember this I remember sitting in his in his in his room in you know, a sleepover and uh in his Commodore we were playing with it of course you know for you know all night and it was so because it was the waterbed where it was literally just a giant sack of water this was this was before they figured out that you know oh we need to make like some kind of ducted chambers to like you know to right. keep your spine in a certain alignment right. it was baffles, literally a right bag it was just a bag of water so and slept uh, on a balloon god damn it i With thought it was the Don't coolest thing the ever right yeah that's right and it was hot and it was warm and nice and it was like this is so cool earl and we like lay on i remember i'm thinking god damn how cool is this i'm like on a wave it's like and uh yeah so we played with the computer for a long time played all these games and um yeah, so I do remember uh, my first memories of the computer, really, is the VIC-20. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, using, uh, I can't remember what rudimentary word processor that, it, that I used. I, I don't really even remember, but I just, I remember typing up uh, a paper and getting to the, you know, and, and exceeding the memory of the computer. <laughs> yes, easy to do that. And yeah, it just stopped. It, just, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't take any more input. <laughs> And I'm like, shit. So what I ended up doing was I printed what I had. And oh. then I uh, I wrote, a, you know, the rest in another, f- you know, a new file and mm-hmm. printed that and then combined them. And, um, yeah, and I remember Earl, um, <laughs> Earl figured out margins on whatever. Right. I was going to ask if you pulled any line spacing font size tricks <laughs> yeah i did not i, I literally <laughs> printed out a real report oh, and earl you're, though you're a good boy cheated and he he made these giant he made a giant font and i think and i don't or or is either giant font or i think at that point it wasn't fonts i think it was mm. just line spacing was huge mm. and right. gigantic margins yeah and i remember him showing this to me and i'm like wait a minute 
There's not, <laughs> you're going to get in trouble. I know it. And of course he did. He got uh, in trouble. Yeah. So. Well, so really, it was funny. It was like the first hard. time I used a computer was for productivity purposes. Yeah. I mean, it literally was to write a report. Which led you because, to this very podcast. Yeah. And I'm telling you, before that, um, like probably in the same year, um, you know, it was a, a big disaster using my dad's typewriter. Like, and he mm. was yelling at me and pissed yeah. because I kept jamming the keys. And he's like, you're such a dumbass because you're fucking hitting the keys so fucking fast. And they're all collapsing. I'm like, stop. I'm like, dad. You know, I remember this gigantic fight we had because he was like screaming at me because I was breaking his fucking typewriter. And then also like the ribbon kept getting jammed and fucked up and he'd have to like rewind it with a pencil. It's just, this is a fucking nightmare. Okay. This is my, the first time I ever used like a typewriter. It was a disaster. Hey, hey Chris, remind me never to loan my typewriters to Carl. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, do, do you actually own a typewriter? I don't. I, I don't know. But no. if I do acquire no. one. Do, do you? I, yeah, I, I'm gonna follow Carl's dad's advice. Yeah, I think I have one actually. I really? Do in a in a closet? Yeah, wow. yeah. It was decorative, I, decorative typewriter. I definitely remember it had a cool like black metal briefcase that like it came in. Oh right, and it and it yeah. said SCM or Smith Corona. Oh, and uh, yeah, and so yeah, I wrote like a couple on that, and then I got the Vic Twenty. Uh, from my grandma, who I begged to buy it from Kmart, and she did, and I got a data set, and that, and a printer, and uh, I can't remember the printer that I had, but anyway, it was cool. And did you have a dedicated <laughs> monitor? Or you were using a TV. I don't think hardly anybody had monitors. A Zenith television. Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I got a Vic so, Twenty, I used a black and white TV for for its entire life. Uh, yeah, so that was my uh, um, that was my big memory of my first computer. <laughs> Um, I mean, uh, close to that year, because, you know, like, again, I mean, 82 was, right. yeah. And I do, um, it was a little bit after that for me, mm. personally. And, um, yeah, and that was it. And I do remember um, one thing that was fun was my friends and I, they would come over and spend the night. We would stick around the computer for hours, you know, like, all night. Like, you know, trying to figure out what this thing would do, you know. Because, like, you know, we just... Mm-hmm mess around with basic and make programs right? and do silly things and play games. I do remember one thing that was fun was we would like, you know, be drinking Mountain Dews <laughs> and eating snack foods all night. And my one friend, Andy would put a Twinkie on the power supply because <laughs> it got really hot and he would warm it up and he would, it would literally bulge because <laughs> It was getting hot in its little wrapper, uh, and he would take it out, and it was, it was a warm Twinkie. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. He's a hardware hacker is, is what he is. That's amazing. There we go. All right. Anyway. It's a fantastic. Yeah. So, no, anyway, that's hilarious. Uh, so in 83. Fantastic memory, yeah. I guess I would have been somewhere around, I probably would have been 11, I think. that. Yeah, I would have been 11 in that year. 82, I'm sorry. We're talking about 82. Yeah, 11 that year. Um, I had played with a an, a Commodore Pet uh, for a weekend. So when we used to live in Detroit, Michigan, when I was a kid, and our school had this program where you could literally borrow a pet for a weekend. Um, you could, wow! Yeah, you, you signed up for this program. Your parents basically, you know, signed away their liability, um, and yeah, you got to keep it for the whole weekend. And so 
Yeah, I got to see that. It was in the late 70s. Um, but I didn't have a computer, not until the VIC-20 as well, uh, uh, like you, Carl, probably not until um, 84 or something like that. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I definitely did not read this. But I do know there was a, there was a programmer's reference guide for the VIC-20 as well. I remember seeing that around. Um, so maybe we'll do that in another season. Uh, Man, borrowing a pet. I mean, that was a heavy thing. It wasn't like a laptop. Or... Yeah. yeah. Well, I had a monitor. Yeah, monochrome <laughs> built-in green screen monitor. Had a data drive with yeah. it as well. Yeah, that was a, that's a massive heavy beast. I can't, I, I've asked my parents recently about that, you know, what was that school thinking? And I guess it was some, you know, program they were trying out there. Uh, I think Commodore was trying to do like Apple and get their foot in the door in the education world there for a while. But I don't think they ever had a lot of success with that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, now that I think about it, I think that's probably the reason why the VIC 20 we had didn't get that much use mm. compared to like the TRS 80 mm. or then later, you know, the IBM PC. And it was because because we used the TV as a monitor. Right. And uh, when you have, you know, three kids and two adults in a house, like, right. uh, like giving up that one TV that we had for use with the, uh, the VIC 20 is uh, it's a dicey. Yep. Kind of dicey endeavor, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I only got to use that black and white TV myself because it was a travel one that we had for the van when we'd go camping. Um, <laughs> so it was like a it was a twelve volt TV that you had to plug an adapter in for uh, in the house. <laughs> yeah. So when we were going camping, obviously I couldn't use the computer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, let's talk about this book. Um, like I said, came out in 82. Um, so on the back it says it's copyrighted by Commodore Business Machines, but it's distributed by Howard W. Sams and Company. So I looked up, you know, who are, who wrote this book? Because it doesn't mention in the first few pages, like, who the authors were or anything like yeah. that. And I, and I started searching on the Internet, like, what you know, who wrote this? Surely somebody has this. Down. I couldn't find really any record of that, so I emailed. Yeah, can we just can we just stop and just just think about this for a second? Right. There's this gigantic book. Yeah. With a ton of content, and it is really there is commentary in here as well. I mean, this is not. I mean, it's pretty dry, but there's a voice in this book. Yeah. It is not literally just a schematic and a bunch of like here's what this command does. Right. I mean, there's, Somebody you can tell is writing is who who loves who loves this thing has to is, yeah yeah is talking about everything and right. God, they're just dumping everything they know about it and their name is nowhere on the fucking book anywhere I know Jesus they, it's fucking fucked up it, it's it's clear they love this book this machine and this is like right. their way to like hey look at this thing that I love I want you to yeah. love it too yeah. and it's written by you know the unknown soldier that. No that credit. Sucks. Exactly. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I did email how what is now Sam's Technical Publishing, but uh, who owns all the rights? I, I'm assuming the rights to this today. Um, but obviously, they were dying to get my email. I could not wait to respond. Uh, no, that's that's what really happened was uh, crickets. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I asked on Twitter, because I'm friends with, with a few of the retro folk on there. Uh, nobody seemed to know. I asked on, there's a couple Facebook groups that are dealing with the Commodore 64 specifically. Um, didn't really get any response. There was a lot of guesses that maybe it was written by uh, Jim Butterfield, who, you know, 
did a lot of um, writing about the Commodore line of computers. Um, there, there was some somebody else had guessed in one of the groups that it was uh, Ratio West who uh, he authored the programmer's reference guide for the IB, uh, for the <laughs> for the CBM PET. I started to say the IBM PET um, for the Commodore PET. Um, right. But finally, I'm part of this Facebook group called the Commodore International Historical Society, and there's a lot of Commodore employees that are actually in that group. Uh, so I asked on that group, uh, didn't get a response for a week or so. You know, I kind of bumped the thread, and then uh, Bill Hurd, who designed the TED series of computers and the Commodore 128, and 128, he's, yeah, yeah, he's super active today. Uh, he finally uh, started asking around some folks. Um, and so we actually heard back from one of the authors. I was so amazed uh, and thankful that those people are out there and willing to, to hear from us. Anyway, so the, it's officially, I can reveal to the world now, uh, the, it was written by um, Neil Harris. He's one of the um, authors, but also the guy who, who responded to me on Facebook. Uh, it was also written by, um, um, let me find those names again. I need to edit this part out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it was also written by uh, Andy Finkel. Uh, Paul Higginbottom and Michael Tomchik. Um, so yeah, those guys are unsung heroes. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll sort of relay the, the the story that he gave me on Facebook. There, I asked him for his permission, and he said it was fine to to tell folks this. But <clears throat> so anyway, he said the Commodore sixty four programmers reference guide was written by the same people as the Vic twenty programmers reference guide, and then he gave us the list. Then he says there was an earlier draft that was written by someone else, and uh, so, and so Andy Finkel got a copy of it. Uh, and then he called Neil at home over the weekend, and he said, I just read the draft of the C64 Programmer's Reference Guide. And uh, Neil said, how was it? And Andy said, fiction. <laughs> so, Holy shit. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so those guys, I guess, decided, all right, maybe this is what Commodore is paying for, but we are not <laughs> shipping this book. <laughs> so they just got up and started writing the damn thing. So kudos to those guys. That's fantastic. Um, I did also hear later from uh, Leonard Trammell, who was Drac Trammell's son, and he's he's an awesome engineer in his own right. You know, he wow, yeah, he came up with the with Petsky, man. That's that's Leonard. Anyway, he said that he also um, contributed a little bit of code to the book, and there were some other folks in Commodore that also wrote some of them. Um, but yeah, Leonard wrote he wrote one of the um, balloon um, game things of the balloon sample programs, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point here uh, going through this book. So anyway, that's uh, that's the authorship. So we finally uncovered a mystery here in episode one. I mean, yeah. That, yeah I mean, that's we're providing value immediately. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we'll because where else would you hear this information? Right. I mean, literally, right. it took us it took research to figure out who wrote this fucking book. Yeah, that was hours of unpaid. An work, iconic so, yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. So let's see, I was flipping through the book today, uh, since we're going to have to start reading this thing, uh, just sort of getting a sense for, you know, what the, what the, what this whole podcast is going to be like, but, you know, what, what the flow of the book is like. Um, so it covers, the first part is kind of like basic programming. Uh, uh, first, the language itself, basic, and then there's some graphics stuff, there's some sound, SID chip stuff in there. Uh, then it goes into the machine language section, which is by far the largest section of the book. Um, you know, they have like the memory map and the 6502 uh, programming, and then also the the kernel itself. I should point out uh, to folks that are reading along with us, the um, Commodore, <laughs> somewhere way down the line, they spelled kernel as K-E-R-N-A-L. 
uh, with that A on the end being the wrong Kernel. letter, and it sort of stuck somehow, and so every <laughs> every reference to the Commodore Kernel is misspelled on purpose. So yeah. Uh, anyway, um, that's that seems to be the the majority of the book. Um, I don't. I didn't really pick out. I guess we haven't picked out ahead of time what we're going to read, uh, so we should probably decide that right now. Um, there's like a hundred pages. The first hundred pages are basically the basic language, <laughs> basically the basic language. Um, so we could try to do that, but that feels like a lot of pages for a week. What do you guys think? That's fine. Yeah. It's not that bad because I mean, because for God's sakes, I mean, it's like peak and poke. Yeah. It's a page. I mean, come on. <laughs> New, not list right i mean it's not that bad at all right so we can do 100 pages okay you know you know the the great thing is is i you know i'm not going to be reading this book and uh do, doing the work but uh over, you know, when, when i was a, a child I, I i typed in just just dozens and dozens of of programs that you you know you get out of magazines you get out of books oh my god yes and so many little basic programs <laughs> and you always mess something up and you had to redo yes. it and, and we're talking about trs80 and, the worst and you know i would i would get a basic program for the commodore 64 maybe and try and plug it into the vic 20 and it right. didn't work and you know nothing was compatible but anyway <laughs> right. i never and to this day i still don't think that i i, I really understand um Peak and poke oh. and data statement. So I am just I'm just really looking forward <laughs> to you guys reading in depth. You know what a peak and a poke is, and and and, and finally teaching me. Well, and uh, so it's I get you know, it's a getting a put. Yeah, well, there you go. It's so great. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little uh, example here. Is you know I didn't really understand what the fuck I was doing either. <laughs> you know I I knew that when I was a kid, poke five three um, two eight zero. Oh, comma one would change the background color of the computer right or uh poke five three two eight zero comma zero would change it to black i think right poke six four six comma five would change the um the uh it would change the the characters to green right i, I used to like to turn it to screen black right. and have the green characters because all the movies at that time every right. computer was green characters yeah. and black background and of course it would be it would make noises every time it moved you know and as it turns out you know the most ergonomic you know color choice for programming is probably not light blue on dark blue right <laughs> <laughs> but it's just neat that i didn't at the time i didn't understand what i was really doing now i kind of do yeah. more because i have read some of the book and it's like well right you know, and, and now that i know you know a little bit more <laughs> i'm not a programmer like you guys i'm a more of a systems uh guy but you know, I, I understand that you're basically telling, um, you know, registers uh, memory inside the computer to be a certain value with a PO command, and with peak, you're asking what the value are, what the value is. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, right. um, but um, what, Chris just explaining that story it was so funny because I remember having that experience as well with the Commodore where. You would there would be these pages and pages and you type it yes. and hit run and be syntax error and I'm like, what? Yeah. Fuck this. And, I know. You know. Hours of like, oh, and then it would, and you're like, it's probably line you know, nine hundred and twenty with the data statement that's you know fourteen numbers long. <laughs> right, and then they finally came out with a like a checksum program. Right. 
Remember that? Yeah, Caputz Gazette yeah. did that, right? Right. Yeah. It would basically you would you would, you would load. It was like there was a uh, you would save this program to your disc or tape first, and um, and then you would load that program, and then then you start typing in your code, and then um, you would just verify at the end every time you hit enter. Yeah, um, right. that a certain code showed up. Yep. You know, it'd be like EE, and you like you look over. Oh, EE. Okay, good. That means I typed that line correctly. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah, it was error checking. You know. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, it was you know kind of checking you as you typed, uh, kind of like an IDE would today. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good job, guys, in the eighties. That's right. That was us. All right, so we're gonna read the first. Two chapters, I guess, then, uh, for next week, right, uh, on the basic yep. programming language. Um, yep. Yeah. And so we should basically know how to program uh, next week. <laughs> we should know how to program in Commodore 64 Basic. Right. Yeah. I can't wait for the uh, jobs to line up after that. That's going to be pretty amazing. <laughs> right. You know, what was funny was um, I took a job at uh, CDW for a little while, and they asked me to write some blogs and I wrote a I wrote a blog up, you know, and I just basically started talking about Commodores and shit yeah. in this blog, like explaining that, you know, I mean this shit has not changed. I mean it is it has changed, of course. Yeah. But it is basically it's the same right. stuff. Right. It's just way more, you know, uh, you know, this exponentially larger, you know, memory sizes, right. addresses, of course, all that stuff. But the fundamentals are still the same. Right, right. Donald Newth is not having to, like, write new books. Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if that blog is still up. Probably not. (laughs) We'll add that to the show notes, I'm sure. Right. All right. So are we going to talk about um, what we're going to... Or are we just talking about what we're doing next time, which is reading the book? Yep. And then, or are we going to talk about our project, perhaps? Right. Yeah. I, was, I mentioned uh, – so we had talked about this when we were putting this podcast together, which is, you know, maybe the point of reading the book would be that we want to accomplish some project uh, after reading it. You know, we want to be able to do something, so we're reading a book to help us do that. I think, though, in this case, <clears throat> especially since we're first starting out and we ha- none of us have done a ton of 8-bit development, we're not really sure what's possible – uh, and what's feasible to do in, you know, maybe a couple of weeks that we take uh, to make a project. Um, I feel like I'd kind of like to do something that looks sort of like a demo or, I don't know, I, I don't have a concrete idea yet. But uh, I definitely want to do something that involves sound and graphics uh, a little bit. It's um, kind of my goal. So, but we could probably define that more later at the end of the, towards the end of the season. So are we are we doing individual projects or one project together? Oh, we could talk about that. Uh, we could do one together, though. That sounds pretty cool. I just know the nature of us, yeah. which is it's hard to get together <laughs> right. to do anything. It is, yeah. In fact, we all three live in the same we, we all three live in the same city, and currently we're talking over FaceTime. <laughs> 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 Correct. <laughs> So I feel like we should all have, well, at least you and I, and then maybe Chris can be the judge. Yeah. Or the That's what he's best critic. At. Ooh. <laughs> burn. But, um, or I don't know. Maybe it's, it's an accolade. So I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of both. Not really a burn. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that maybe we should just do individual things. 
Um, and then, you know, yeah, we talk about our progress and what we learned. You know, I feel like yours will be more advanced than me because you're a programmer. You're like, you're literally programming in, you know, different languages of the day. I, you know, I, I've dabbled in programming throughout my entire career, but mostly, you know, I'm just a systems guy that like understands how to, you know, build the infrastructure and, you know, keep it running and, you know, has, you know, ideas on how to make sure that the shit just keeps running. And, you know, you have, you have some kind of, uh, you know, recourse if things go wrong. You know, it's basically my whole career. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, so for me, it's a little more challenging to do the programming aspect. But, um, yeah, so my program is probably going to be a little more rudimentary than yours, but um, I'm looking forward to doing it. And I, I feel like that's the way we can do it. You know, I, I'm happy to judge you uh, for whatever you come up with, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, 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 I do think actually that, that, that by doing individual things, I know whenever I, I was kind of uh, coding with somebody else, if, if, you, if you're both kind of, if you have somebody you're trying to one-up, yeah. um, you, you're, you're going to go farther than if you're just kind of competing yeah, against yourself. that's true. So. And I'll also say, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I'm actually a little bit intimidated by Coral. Uh, you know, programming the 6502 is probably not the same thing as using the, you know, a Java framework. Uh, it's a much different. <laughs> so I don't know that I'm on any better footing <laughs> here. <laughs> I don't know that I'm ready to memorize op codes just because I <laughs> used right. Spring last week. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that that knowing how to make a doubly linked list is going to help. Uh, right, that's true. It's wow. true, right? Because yeah, like you know, how many yeah. you still got to count cycles and you still got to do the the math. <laughs> I swear, doubly linked lists was like <laughs> the first C plus plus course I had at UC. Yeah. I think that was a, data structures are the best. Th- yeah, that was actually the name of this, the class. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's a good one. But when you only have 64K of memory, um, <laughs> yeah. you right. can only have singly li- linked lists. Right. Right. you you, you got to make do. Sometimes you don't even have any links to just lists. Right. Yeah. You had, I think at 64K, you had excuses to not comment your code <laughs> because you didn't have much space for comments. Yeah, the, no, no rim <laughs> statements. Those are the first ones to go. Right. I should run out of memory. I can't. <laughs> There's no room for like another sprite. Well, we got to get rid of this thing here that explains what this does. <laughs> right. <laughs> Figure That's it exactly out later, right. fuckers. Yeah. We'll write a manual. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Cool. So, you know, I was thinking of like um, myself, I was thinking of like a little utility that would pop up on the screen uh-huh. in basic that would be like a calculator or yeah. something. You know, I was, I was trying to think of. Yeah. Like a, you, yeah, you probably do that with like a, yeah, I could see that with like a ROM replacement, or you, you could even bake that into the ROM probably if you wanted to. Um, wow, I don't know. I don't like I said, I don't really know what's possible. For sure, I use some some memory. I mean, it would take some. I don't know. I just think it would be neat that if you did F F two, yeah, a little simple, basic, very basic calculator pops up on the screen, yeah. and you can. Kind of like a, some information and, like a, yeah. like a TSR program back in the DOS days. Remember those terminate and stay resident? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a blast yeah. from the past. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, was that a judging noise? <laughs> mm. 
Uh, I mean, we could tell TSR stories later, ah, I think. Ah. Yeah. All right. Are you guys ready to, uh, to, to be done? Yes. Hmm. All right. Let's, just, let's yeah. just try to end all the podcasts as awkwardly as possible. Fortunately, I think we've, <laughs> we've reached the end of my, my ability to stay away. talk you know, coherently. This was great, guys. I yeah. really enjoyed this. Yeah, yeah. This is great. I weirdly remembered strange things from my past. It was fun. <laughs> Oh, I loved hearing about the Twinkies. That was yeah. awesome, yeah. Twinkies. Yeah. Twinkie yeah, what a strange, like...